Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gonna take it. Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome into another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. Uh, we're your hosts, Jeff Goodman and Bob Ryan, and Bob is off a, uh, a trip down in New Orleans where he didn't go to the actual national championship game, but he was hanging in New Orleans uh, with Odell Beckham, at least according to my sources. Are, are, are my sources right or wrong? And well, They're all partially right in that all I got from him were coins, so I'm, I can't be very high on his list. You know, a couple of quarters was all I could squeeze out of Odell. The story, it's... It, the word unbelievable just doesn't begin to describe the scope of, of the two things that he did down there that are attracting attention. One is brazenly, overtly handing out whether it was fake money or real money. And there seems to be some confusion about that. The idea of creating the illusion, if it was fake money uh, or, if it, or and the idea of actually doing it, if it was real money, uh, you know, it's just such a brazen activity. It's just beyond comprehension. He knows the scope. He knows the scope of what this could mean. To, to the school and and to the players involved. Secondly, the thing with the policeman is just beyond imagination. Uh, you know, and to the point of the, uh, the you know the ultimate thing is that everyone in the league is thinking, "What the <clears throat> was he thinking?" I have no idea. But it's Odell Beckham, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised at anything he does. The the ultimate knucklehead, and and I think you and I should have to come up with our for next week our all knucklehead team. It can scan, you know, go across sports. It doesn't have to be just yeah. basketball. Oh yeah, it can no, go across sports. Good. Our top five all, all right. knuckleheads. I'll, I'll work and, on that. And I'll... yours will probably also uh, scan across <laughs> uh, decades. Is my oh, guess. I, oh, I've got six decades to, uh, to ponder. So that take me a little. Maybe you need one, one from every decade, Bob. Maybe, maybe that'll take you a little bit of, of, of time you know, to try to figure it all out. One of my, one of my true basketball mentors, the person who taught me uh, feelings and stuff to see and think about the game was a man named Frank power, who was for a long time at Boston college, uh, the uh, freshman coach when there was freshman basketball and who was also the one of uh, the varsity coach, the one year in between uh, uh, the previous coach and when Bob Cousy was named coach, he was doing his last year. So anyway, Frank Power, who, and then he was a principal in Boston City School. He loved basketball as much as any man I ever knew. And and he used to kid Lee. We used to talk about the all-dumb team. And uh, so I've got some experience thinking about the all-dumb team, if you want to call it that. Or knucklehead team is even better, yeah. It's a little kinder. I, I'm going to yeah. try to be a little bit kinder than dumb. I know it's good. I like that. I think we're safer. We're safer. We are right safer. Now. If we call them dumb, the the, the, the blowback these days, you, you uh, could have gotten away with it in the 60s, and nobody would have even uh, uh, batted an eye. I would have say innocently, and everybody got it, that you, that would get us both uh, banned. We'd, we'd both yeah. be fired. I mean, yeah, I, probably. 
You're probably will, right. And it's, it's, oh, well, that's a whole, another topic. We want to talk about basketball. Basketball. And, and the big story is the return of Zion. Uh, the debut of Zion. I, I've dubbed Wednesday Zion Williamson Day. It should be because he is now missed. He will have missed 44 games due to arthroscopic knee surgery. And uh, I actually think New Orleans has done the right thing here, holding him out. Uh, what seems like an eternity, what seems like uh, probably an overreaction. But what I will tell you, Bob, is in high school, uh, when Zion got hurt at one point, he ballooned up weight-wise. Mm -hmm. So I think New Orleans wants to make sure, number one, uh, they've got his body in the best physical condition it can to be able to withstand the pounding that it is going to take when he gets uh, back onto the court playing five-on-five -five basketball in the NBA. He is a freak. He is a physical specimen. However, um, the way he plays the game puts his body at risk. We've already seen it multiple times. So I think New Orleans, again, trying to make sure that he's got his weight under control, trying to see if they can work with him on uh, maybe running a little bit differently. So maybe that takes a little bit of stress off his body as well and his knees. Whatever it is, I'm all for it if we can make sure that Zion has a long uh, and prosperous career in the NBA because the NBA needs Zion. It, it really does. I, I know like that sounds crazy, Bob, but he is such a freak and so fun to watch and so fun to be around. Not just his athleticism, not just the power and strength and all of it together, but when you see this kid, he is just, and you're around him, you love him. You absolutely love him. It's hard not to. Well, the one thing about it that you've alluded to is that the, the, the long term is what, the, um, what matters, what they have to be thinking about. And it, there's no chance championship aspirations in 2020. There might be playoff aspirations. You know, all right, sneak into the playoffs, fine, which would be terrific for, for as a good baby steps back toward respectability for the Pelicans. A couple of things I'll say. One is um, there has been enough injury in his relatively short career to have people concerned that that, that body is just incompatible with long-term health uh, on basketball, you know, which would be a shame because what we've seen him do at his peak is so electrifying and so exciting and so thrilling and, uh, uh, you know, the, and so, and uh, you, you can't, and, and is unique, you know, can't be too, very unique, you know, only be unique, uh, is unique. He's, a, he's just a, a different being. Uh, Here's the thing I'm going to leave you with, not leave you with, but two things that I remember about him last year had nothing to do with the dunks. The two plays that I remember, that block in the corner when he ran about 115 oh, miles, blocked that shot yep. in the corner, and the 45 or 50-foot bounce pass on the break. Uh, that's what I remember. I mean, I'm not – look, I'm so jaded by dunking. I don't even want to talk about it. It's, yep, not, yep. it's not the dunks that matter to him, me, about him. It, it's the, it's the, the extraordinary combination of strength and quickness, the agility, the, the, the lightness on his feet, you know, the, the lateral mobility in, in the box, in the paint, you know, that he had. Uh, that's the stuff. You know, he had the dunks. That's fine. You know, I mean, people go crazy about dunks and I'm, you know. But, but this was a basketball player, not just a dunk machine. And 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 so he is different, and he is special, and 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 we all we've all been curious exactly how his the nature of his game. He's a limited three point shooter, you know, right yes. now. That's such a big deal. He can make it. You know, it's yep. a big difference between a guy who's a three point shooter and a, he can make one. You know, but just about all of them can make one now. You know, at some point in time. But you know, how is this game exactly going to translate? I'm dying to find out. He's going to have more room to operate with more space in the NBA than he did at college. Uh, obviously, um, you can't play zone like they, they, they could and, and do some of the things they did in college. Now, obviously, they'll also be higher-level athletes in, in oh. the NBA that he'll have to contend with on a night-to-night -night basis. 
I, I just think the kid is a worker. I believe that, number one, so I think his shot will get better. It's never going to be great, but I think he can be a mid-30s three-point shooter, which is keeping oh. defenses honest <laughs> enough. Yeah. Okay? So yeah. if, if he can do that, Bob. And the <laughs> other thing, you know, think about this. Going into the year, uh, his freshman year at Duke, no NBA guys had him at number one. Like, there were none that had him as the number one pick. It was all R.J. Barrett, yeah. uh, and there were other guys. Cam Reddish, his teammate, a lot of people had in front of him. They didn't realize that his basketball IQ was as high as it is. And, and you mentioned it with the passing ability. They also didn't realize that his motor went as high as it does because they had seen him at the McDonald's game. I was there that week in practices, and he didn't play as hard. He just didn't. So it's kind of one of those things where, where again, he's a different player than what people thought he was uh, now coming to the NBA because he is more skilled. He's a little bit better of a three-point shooter than they thought. And, again, he plays so damn hard, Bob. So to go along with everything else, um, are you willing to say that if you had to, to kind of hit your 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 uh, uh, whatever you're going to hit, your, 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 your truck, to, to Zion or John Morant, uh, who who is it for for their NBA future? Well, we have to see how uh, we've we've gotten a whiff of John Morant. You know, I'm a I'm on the bandwagon. I'm a member of the fan club. I I got my card in my pocket. You know, I'm on the John Morant fan club. Uh, so uh, I'm he's going to have a long career unless you know he runs into the wrong pick someday. He still has a fragile body, and we don't know how long that's. Going. You know, we don't know how long how that could. That's always a possibility. Yep. You know, but he and Trey Young both. You know, they both have similar skill sets and bodies, you know, um, and they're both electrifying the exciting guards, but we don't know. I mean, once again, I'm just, I don't, I'm not going to answer that question because I want to see how Zion translates. And you were talking about the, the, uh, anticipation of him as a freshman. Yeah. I, you know, you, you're into that world. I'm not, uh, I knew there was this phenomenon, this freak, you know, and no offense, but this freakish, pl- yeah, I'll put it that way. I think, can I say that without worry? Yeah, me? I think the, so. The, the PC police are going to, you know, indict me. There was this freakish athlete out of North Carolina named Zion. Well, first of all, the name gets your, you know, the name is just priceless for the yes, story yes, too. Yes. Zion Williamson. But I didn't know how good a basketball player he was. And now last year I was able to see what we're talking about. The, this is a, this is the entire, was in that one year of college, the entire package was on display. All right. We have another level of game. We have a different sport, really. Once you get to the NBA, for the, starting with the idea of the competition includes the, the greatest athletes available in the world to play that, you know, to play this game. And, and we'll see, you know, and I'm, I'm dying to find out. I'm really, I'm, we've been deprived of uh, three months worth of him and I want to see him now. Jaw's been terrific. I mean, listen, he's averaging, what, 18 and 7. He's a freak athlete, as uh, kind of like Zion. Obviously, they're different because of their body uh, size. But ultimately, the, the thing I love about Jaw is he's got the, the athleticism and the gear of Russell Westbrook. But I think he's got the vision of, like, a Mike Conley. And when you put those two together, Bob, yeah. holy crap. Like, that, some, that's different level. Right. Some nights, some nights you know, he puts up. Stas- dazzling numbers, yeah. and and he's always fun to watch. I'd say let's just get right to it. I'm in this draft. It's an underwhelming draft overall. Oh, it's unbelievable. I I reviewed the list. I I you know refreshed my memory of what the first round was. Oh, this you know? pat this draft right oh. now the the John Morant Zion draft. We're, yeah, yeah. All right, Zion we, we haven't seen yet, but yeah. in, in the whole first round, uh, I put check marks just auto yeah. just off the top of my head. Uh, uh, next to a player who who deserves attention, 
Right. I have check marks for the entire. I can't even put together an all rookie team unless we say we're going to go three on three because I got three check marks right now. Tell me, uh, I'm not, uh, yep. John Moran, RJ yep. Barrett, and Tyler Harrow. And um, you know who's been great lately? The kid Seku uh, Dumbaya from from Detroit, the Detroit Pistons. He's been right. really, really good. He had about 24 against the Celtics. He's been on a tear lately. Okay. But you're right. I mean, it's been kind of underwhelming. Um, you know, DeAndre Hunter has been fine. He's good defensively, but he's not good. The other guy, and he, I guess he qualifies as a rookie, you'd have to put him it's on Kendrick, there, is Kendrick Nunn. Right, who's, well, I had to remind myself, he was a 2018 un, 18 undrafted player, but he is a rookie. I know, so he he would definitely be on the all-rookie team right now, all right? Right, but he's not a part of the 2019 draft, uh, which is the, a, a shockingly under, uh, you know, a, underwhelming draft right now. Just wait, Bob. Wait, wait, wait for next year at this time when we're doing this podcast, and you look at the numbers uh, from next year's draft because it is it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse. I mean, again, you've got the debate right now whether Lamelo Ball, who just shut it down, yes, he um, shut it down in Australia. In, in Australia, right? He shut it down. Which, again, I don't know if it was smart or not. I mean, he was averaging like you know seventeen points. Uh, eight assists, seven uh, rebounds. Uh, you know, he's putting up numbers, but only shooting 25% from three and still, according to my NBA sources, still not really playing any defense. Um, but no surprise that he's shutting it down because he did enough in, in his opinion and his camp's opinion, whoever's in his camp now, that he's going to be picked somewhere in the top five. And, you know, I don't think he goes number one. But when you look at James Wiseman played a few games for Memphis and he's a big and again, look at look at what happened when Phoenix took um, DeAndre Ayton and Sacramento took Marvin Bagley, and then oh by the way, uh, Luca and Trey Young went behind them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen again. I don't know if somebody's going to say we're going to take James Wiseman, who's seven feet, who we like skill wise, we like his length, his athleticism, we question his toughness. Um, can you take a big like that, Bob, over a guard like? Anthony Edwards at Georgia, who's kind of a – I don't want to compare him to Dwayne Wade, but he's got a little bit of Dwayne Wade in his I, game. Was, or, or LaMelo Ball, who's got, you know, talent. There's no questioning LaMelo Ball's talent, Bob. It's always been there. The big question for me is, um, can he mature? Can he mature and can he control his, himself and his game a little bit to know what a good shot is, what a bad shot? Can he defend a little bit and uh, – can he can he shoot it at a higher clip because he, he takes some crazy shots and if he if he just had good shot selection that twenty five percent three point would be up to thirty five percent in no time. I have a question now. If if the next year's draft is is projects to be as equally uh, underwhelming worse. as this worse one, worse okay even worse. What does this say about our developmental system? What about all these 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 AAU pups that are that are given full-time basketball lives at the age of 13, uh, you know, and, and, and have played all this basketball. And, and, and now this is, this is as best we can come up with it for what, what does it say? Tell me. Well, they're, they're trying to revamp it. And, and even, you know, recently the last, whatever, five or 10 years, uh, the different shoe company, uh, they, they've changed it to where they, they you know, Nike's done this EYBL uh, deal where it's actual, games and tournaments so they're playing for something okay but i still go back to the fact that the coaching needs to be better overall there needs to be better development rather than just anybody 
listen, I've seen people that are coaching some of these AAU programs and teams that don't have any experience coaching. They're just out there. You know, they got some money or they've got some juice and they can run an AAU program. So I'm not saying that about everybody, but I am saying about some of the higher end AAU teams that I've seen that are coached by people that shouldn't be coaching. Let's get some people coaching these kids that can actually make them better over the course of the summer, which is where these kids are um, really playing the majority of their games throughout the year. So uh, so uh, the high school. I mean, is there a place left for the high school coach? These people who actually are the more, in theory, by by and large, are far more qualified to coach these kids than some of these guys are in the AAU world. And with all, I mean, I always say they've been the high school thing's been hijacked. Cut out. Been hijacked. Yeah. No, they've been they've been cut out, Bob, and and now they get him. Like even all right, let's use Massachusetts high school for for example. You know they get them when when football high school football ends, which is after Thanksgiving, right? They get them at the start of December and they start playing games right away. So they have them December, January, February. They have them for three months. Well, and they only play you know twenty five or so games where they're they're playing twenty five games in the span of three weeks sometimes. <laughs> You know, in, in, in AU ball, certainly maybe six weeks is more accurate. But but ultimately, that's who they're spending the majority of their time with. Again, there are some good AU coaches. And the USA Basketball is trying to do a good job with the elite players, Bob, and bringing them in to these camps and everything like that. They're trying. But, I, you know, I don't know. I think the biggest reason for the talent drain in college basketball, if you want to call it that, is the fact that all these kids used to leave – when they were a lottery pick or when they were a first-round pick. Now guys that should be in college getting another year, getting a third year, getting a fourth year, mm-hmm. and being more prepared to come out of college and maybe being a draft pick, they're leaving even to be a, a, a two-way, even to be a non-drafted guy, or maybe to get picked in the 40s and get a guaranteed second-round contract, which isn't all that much money at the end of the day. That never would have happened. 10 years ago or even five years ago. So that's the difference. A lot of these kids that would still be in college um, developing now are gone and are playing overseas, playing in the G League, because a lot of NBA guys are are saying, like, if we didn't make the investment in them as a first rounder, well, you know what? It's not the same if you miss. If you take a kid as a first round pick, you're going to invest in them. You're as a GM, you're going to make sure that that's on your track record too. You got to make sure that that kid has every chance to succeed. If you're taking a flyer on him as a two way, all right. If he comes through, you know, like a Kendrick Nunn, right, who played in the G League last year, great. All the power to you. But you, you, again, you don't have that that investment in him. Well, it's just shocking to me that we've got we've reached this point in 2020 uh, 20, um, when you would think that uh, uh, we all know that the athletic level continues to escalate yes. your yeah. athleticism. I was, I was at a panel the other night, a wonderful panel with uh, three excellent basketball minds, Jackie McMullen, Alexander Wolf, and Jack McCallum. And, and we were talking about, you know, a lot of things on basketball. And uh, I remember the first alley oop that I ever saw was for Bill. It was for Bill Russell. Right. Okay. So we're talking about uh, in mid 60s sometime, but roughly because I got to Boston in 64 when someone threw a ball at the rim and Bill Russell jumped up and caught it and, and stuffed it. We used to call it stuffed it. He stuffed it. And we're like, oh, my God, what, what was just that? happened? You know, and there were alley, there were more alley oops <laughs> on every night 
in, in, in basketball every night than there were in the entire decade of the 70s in the NBA. All right. Maybe even the 80s, Jeff. I mean, it's just such a it's just such a routine part of yeah. basketball, whether it's on the break or whether it's on an inbounds play. Uh, I'm saying, and, and it speaks to the to athleticism, you know, jumping sure. ability. And, and the other things that we see that uh, the, the athleticism is, but, you know, is the basketball uh, playing, you know, the, we're talking about Zion having a pull package because he's a basketball player in addition to being this astonishing athlete, you know, and, and that's always been a case in basketball back in my day, you know, back when I started covering the NBA, yeah. there were guys who were acknowledged to be, we didn't really, I don't know when the word athleticism, you know, we, we started, started identifying it as such a come in, but we knew there were certain guys who seemed to be able to do things better than, you know, physically better than other guys. We didn't define it, you know, but, and, and that was always part of the deal. And I, I remember one of my favorite things was watching Don Nelson as he aged 33, 34, 35. Led the league in field goal percentage at age 34, by the way. 90% of them were foul line jump shots or, or, or foul line extended. And the other 10% were putbacks, okay, for Nelly. Yep. But he would get in and it would be – I used to love to watch him against the new young stud, you know. And 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 he would – you know, first of all, he had the tricks. He had to stick them on the wrist and he had to stick them in the and, – and, he, and he'd give him, show him the ball. And they, I saw Dwight Jones – remember that name from Houston – Nelly showed him the ball, and Dwight Jones went for it. Nelly pulled it back, and he slapped the backboard. It's the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. He slapped the backboard, and Nelly laid the ball in while he was coming back down. You know, I mean, anyway, there was always guys who could who were terrific. Yeah, but this now it's just everywhere. You know what it is too, Bob? Overseas, the international guys they work on skill a whole lot more, and they practice more. Right? They practice. Yeah, we play in the summer. These games and in the summer. There's three games a day, and, it, you know, games where, where they're not learning anything. I mean, I who's going to get control of the system to try to change things? I mean, you know, with the, hey, follow the money, right? And there's few companies involvement, you know, in, in the summer and all that. Follow the money thing. I mean, but the, 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 there's a giant story. I know it's been written, but not the definitive story about this, what we are talking about. I'm throwing it in your lap, Jeff. I can't do it. Uh, but the definitive story about the evolution and, and the, the – the, the, uh, uh, Xing out of the high school coach and the diminishing of the role and, yep. and the diminishing of the attitude about, you know, what's what's a bigger deal to these kids? Winning the state championship or, or winning some tournament in Vegas? You know, oh, it's I not even close, Bob. It's winning. Yeah. It's winning the, the the Peach Jam, which is the big tournament in, in on the Nike circuit. Yeah. Absolutely. For every kid, if you gave them the option, you can win the Peach Jam or win your state title. They, every one of them would take the Peach that Jam. Just, that breaks my heart. I, I mean, I'm sorry. Well, it's changed. You know, it, that just but that's me. where. Listen, that's where all the college coaches are. That's where all the media is. That's what's hyped up. So, uh, and, and that's where the Nike people are. Ultimately, that's where they're getting all their free gear. So what do they want? That, that <laughs> yeah, That's right. what ultimately they want. And you're right. Listen, uh, the times have changed with that. And and again, I think even the NBA is trying to get more involved now of at the grassroots level because they realize that the skill level isn't what it should be, what it has been. So what what has to happen here and the NCAA changed it last year and it didn't work but they took over um part of the summer part of July these camps yeah. now they couldn't get these kids to the camps because all the AU coaches basically said we're not sending our kids there so the the high level kids weren't there but the the premise was correct in a sense to get people in mm-hmm. coaches you know, Pete Gillen was working the camps. You had former college coaches that know what they're doing, that can teach these kids at least the fundamentals. 
um, of basketball where maybe they hadn't learned it. And again, some kids have great AU coaches. You know, guys, Penny Hardaway was a was an AU coach. So, like, there are some AU coaches certainly that have played the game at the highest level. Um, that that Chris Paul is around his team, right? He's got a team. His brother, he and his brother, Chris Paul's there all, all summer when he can be helping the kids. So there are some yeah. uh, that are getting. I don't want to issue condemnation, uh, but I actually do. But but I mean, if, if I don't issue. I, I, it's not fair to issue a blanket condemnation of the AAU, but I would say uh, 80% about of the AAU, you'd like to go out and trash can. Yeah, yeah. no, next next year I'm going to drag you out. We'll, we'll, we'll try to yeah, look for something. Me, I'm, I'm doing this from, from afar. I'll be honest. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm a drive-by shooter here in this thing. I, I'm not a, I haven't been, I know I'm just so frustrated about the, the eradication of the high school experience. You know, you know where you, know where you should go if you want to see some good high school games? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Bronny James. Bronny James in Springfield, Mass. Oh, we should the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, you look at you. You look excited yeah. by this. Mm. You know, I would. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I pretty much owe it to myself to have to do this. You know. I don't know how far you are from Springfield, but it, it's, oh, a, it's a, uh, two hours. Yeah, two hours. I'm gonna go. I may go tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna go Monday. So how about this? LeBron plays the Lakers. Play the Celtics Monday I night. Know. At seven thirty, I'll be there. No, at that. Eric, can't go. I know you. You. You have a prior obligation. Very important prior engagement. Um, so it is. So, I'm going to New York because David Stern's service uh, is Tuesday morning. So I need to be in place, and I can't go to the Laker game. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. the timing's everything in life. You know that. Time. You can't be. You can't be uh, everywhere. No. People want you to be everywhere, and and you can't. So I, I'm gonna go. My my daughter wants to go see LeBron's son. So uh, they play at one o'clock on. How about this? Let's try to figure this out, Bob. They pl- they play at one o'clock in Springfield, which is two about two hours two maybe not even a little less than two hours away from TD uh, Garden. Yeah, LeBron. They got to have a shoot around. I would assume in the morning. They play at seven thirty. Yeah, unless LeBron's gonna tell Frank Vogel, "Hey, I'm not going to the shoot around. I want to see my kid play in Springfield." But what does he do? Here's my question. Does he drive it, get out of shoot around? Let's say they go 10 in the morning. They finish at 11, games at um, 1. It's about an hour and 40 minutes. Does he drive it That's or does cool. he does he drive to Logan and get on a, a private plane that will take him to Springfield in all of what? 20 minutes? 20, uh, yeah, whatever it takes to go 90 to 100 miles. That's, right? all, it, that's all it is. Uh, yeah, well, it was, it was this way, Jeff. He's got the resources to do what he wants. That <laughs> option is available to him. It is not option available to you or me. You know, no. but it is available to him. Uh, you know, and then we'll see. We'll see. That's interesting. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, so he'll, uh, he'll be there. It's sold out already, both days, oh. Saturday and Monday. It is going to be an absolute uh, you-know-what show. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I told my daughter, I said, listen, if we're going to go Monday at, at one, we got to get up. We got to be out of here at probably eight in the morning oh, to yeah. get there for 10, because I'm telling you, it will be standing room only to watch Where's this kid. Play exactly. Uh, at, uh, if you're college? Oh, I forget the name of the gym. I forget. I go there every year. I forget. College? Uh, I think it is Springfield College. Yeah, uh-huh. I think it is. Okay. It's small. It's so a small we'll... gym. Yeah. Yeah. It's not big. There's a division three school, you know, exactly. Exactly. Yep. So anyway, so All that's right. my weekend. Trying to figure out whether to go tomorrow, Saturday, because there's a ton of college games on Saturday. Louisville uh, plays I'm, Duke. I'm my day. I need to do a little homework tomorrow, Jeff. 
Uh, you know, Louisville, the, Louisville Duke, six o'clock. I, I know, I know, and I want to see Auburn. Uh, I want Big to see. I, want, I know they're coming off, of, and I want to see them as they rebound from a you know a loss. Uh, they're to, good. They're good. Everybody's good. So, Everybody's right, very I, good. I, what is, Nobody's. I need, to, I need to see a little more. I'm, I'm trying to catch up, and uh, you know, definitely. That's by the way, the uh, number one ranked uh, uh, boys didn't have much of a struggle last night. Uh, only they're not he, my number one. The AP know, got it wrong here. You're number two. You're number two. You're Baylor's one. Yeah. Baylor clearly should be number one, Bob, based like, on resume and accomplishments. Squeaked by Santa Clara by 50. No, I know. And <laughs> Santa Clara's actually had a good year. Santa Clara beat um, St. Mary's recently. Yeah. So Gonzaga's a terrific team. Baylor has uh, laid more of a claim right. and a case to the number one spot. But in, in college basketball, none of it matters because, um, well, fortunately, it's it's – you yeah. know, when one, decided on the court. You got to play. You got to play. You got to win those right. six. I think we can safely say, as we sit here on, in early and then middle of January, that most years, no matter what the rhetoric is, we all know there's only about four or five teams max that could yep. win those six games. Yep. And this year may be the exception where there might be double figures, right? Of oh, teams I think there is. The windows yeah. six yeah. games. Yeah, so, I think it absolutely I, is double figures. I, so in that case, I, I'd love to hit the fast forward button to March, you know, because I think it's going to for a lot of interesting matchups, a lot of interesting stuff. Which is I good. think, though, you know, the one thing that, that's good with these conference games is every night you look at the schedule and you're like, all right, there aren't great games. There aren't games you're going to circle necessarily. Like when Duke Carolina comes up, you're not circling that not game. Necessary. I mean, it's a, it's a dog it's, game this year. Might, Roy might not show up. Roy, Roy <laughs> you might. know who might? Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony uh, put on Instagram that oh, he can't yeah. wait to rejoin his teammates. I'm shocked that he will come back. But what I'll say, Bob, is the knock on Cole Anthony coming into the year at North Carolina was he's all about himself. He's he's going to be – he's a, not a great teammate. Guys don't want to play with Cole Anthony. I talked to multiple people um, in and around that Carolina program. They say that couldn't be further from the truth. They were worried about it, too. They had heard it. And they all say he has been unbelievable as far as being a teammate, um, being the first guy up, uh, you know, to, to congratulate the players, being locked in with the walk-ons, everything. And he he works his ass off. The son of Greg Anthony absolutely works. He's been out with a knee injury. I didn't think he'd come back because I didn't think there was any reason he would come back uh, yeah. for yeah. But on one hand, Bob, listen, they're about as low as they can be. What if this kid could rescue them oh. and take them to the NCAA tournament? All they need, you go on a little bit of run, you win four games in a row in this this season, you can go from being out of the equation mm -hmm. to back firmly in the NCAA tournament. All right, that's good. So we like that. And then, of course, you can have any multiple. We're talking about matchups. The Big Ten, every night, you know. Every in, night. Every night there's somebody find somebody that has a chance to do something. I mean, you know, so yes. that's good. Let's end on your your favorite individual. We cannot go through this uh, <laughs> this podcast without talking about uh, your guy, my guy, Kyrie Irving. He's done it again. He's he's uh, put on this general manager's hat and pretty much. Uh, oh, he also got got in the bus. He put on the put on his bus cap, and then he he. Backed up and ran over, rolled over half his team, yeah, and then did. forward and you know they finished the job. He 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 absolutely rolled over half his team, uh, and said we have a glaring, quote unquote, uh, weaknesses or glaring needs or whatever, and and raising the question though, 
it has been raised and it, that this seems to was this actually with management approval that or somehow I that he, yeah I, I don't know I mean management or, approval or without, my guess is no. without without with without management management disapproval I don't know what but it, Kyrie who else would do this he can't get than, out of his own way Bob he can't get out of his own way I'm gonna read you the quote I'm gonna read you the quote quick. okay. He said, uh, I, I mean, it's transparent. It's out there. It's glaring in terms of the pieces that we need in order to be at that next level. I'm going to continue to reiterate it. We're going to do the best with the guys that we have in our locker room now, and we'll worry about all the other stuff in terms of moving pieces and everything else as an organization down the line in the summer. Just something that we signed up for. We knew what we were coming into the beginning of the season. Guys were going down left and right for us. Garrett Temple's out. DeAndre Jordan just got hurt tonight. Wilson Chandler just coming back. We have complimentary young guys as well that have done a great job the last three years. Ready? Here's the kicker. Collectively, I feel like we have great pieces, but it's pretty glaring. We need one more piece or two more pieces that will complement myself, Kevin Durant, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Garrett Temple, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, and we'll see how that evolves. So this jackass did not mention Jared Allen or Torian Prince, two guys that were key for them a year ago that have been solid players. Like, I get it. It may be accurate, but you don't say it. And that's my biggest problem with Kyrie. He just doesn't get it. He did this a year ago. Almost a year ago to the day is when, remember, he called out the Celtics young guys. He had called them out a few days before. And almost a year ago to the day was when I was there for this, when he (laughs) said, I called LeBron. And I told LeBron, now I understand exactly what you were dealing with with me. So it's like almost further running over the young guys again. And you would think this guy who's supposedly very bright, very articulate, very intelligent, at least that's what he tells us, would would figure this out. But but man, does he need a public relations firm, Bob, because he he is just a disaster. I still I say I don't think he's a horrible human being. I I my my little I just think he's not as smart as he thinks he is, and and uh, I still think that he's searching for something and he still doesn't know what it is. I, I'm I'm waiting for him to categorically state why he left Cleveland in the first place. We've been surmising this for three years, but the fact is he never said it. But we you know and it's just part of the whole pack. And, and I'll say it for the billionth time, Jeff. This won't be his last stop in the NBA. There'll be a couple of more. Because the talent is extraordinary here. And every time upon his departure, the, the remainders will say, God, we couldn't figure that guy out. And I don't know if, any, if until he figures himself out, I, I don't think anybody else is going to be able to do it either. He, he is. I mean, he, he's, he's incredibly hard to figure. Um, I, I think, um, the, I mean, the thing everybody's still looking forward to here in Boston is, is his return in March 3rd. As far as I know, I'll be around. I'll, I'll take care of the Ryan Goodman. I think you need to ask the question that you just asked. I think you need to ask him, hey, hey, Kyrie, since you never answered it before for us, <laughs> why did you leave Cleveland? And just see the steam come out of his ear. I, I asked him that twice when he got to Boston. And, he, again, he danced around it because he can't answer it. What, what's he supposed to say? I, I didn't want to play with the best player in the world anymore. I didn't want to win titles. I mean, what? how I, do you answer that? You know that they don't win without my shot. It's like it's the most important sh- single shot in the in the decade was was his game winning basket. Uh, uh, we know that uh, to win a championship. And uh, yeah, I wanted my own show. Was the answer? We know the answer. I wanted my own show. I wanted to be. The, I wanted to be the man. I wanted to be the alpha dog. I wanted to lead the pack. I, uh, you know, uh, clearly. Look, 
can't do that. Shown can't do that. Now maybe with KD, you know, uh, he can do it. All right, let, let, just, let's let's finish this out with. I, I have one more. One more thing before any sure. future Kyrie's type talents it's at that size. The, the history of this league is the little guard, or you know, eight, cannot be the man. Isaiah Thomas learned that the hard way, and 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 he was the, a, a phenomenal example of talent at his time. It's not, it's not the I mean, you, you no, know, that's not the way. The world doesn't revolve ever around the, the little guard. Okay, now. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, I want to know if if you are the GM of the Boston Red Sox right now. Who, who are you hiring to replace Alex Cora? Have you given this any yes, thought? I who really gave it a thought. Um, I, people are, are stumping uh, in both of the papers in Boston. Thank God we're still a two newspaper city uh, are stumping for. Uh, and in New York, the same people. D- Dusty ba- Bochi, who's out there, is available. Yep. Bochy, yep. Dusty Baker is available. And Buck Showalter's name has popped up already, believe it or not. Um, the first person I thought of in Boston would help. Part of the problem and PR wise would energize the fans feeling that, you know, as, as Jason Baratek, yep. who uh, has not managed but he has been on the payroll. He has a role. And, and I'll say this. And I, when he was in 2004, after they won that first one and this in this uh, new run of theirs, that this, and uh, I said, we'll never have another player manager in baseball. Clearly, the time has passed. It's not going no. to happen. But if there was one person I know of in baseball who at that moment in 2004 might be capable of handling the dual chores. It was Jason Veritek. He, uh, he, he was always clearly destined to be a leader. He said he was a, he was a the classic leader, strong, uh, just in, in tis, uh, everything about. It. So I think he would be an excellent uh, candidate, but he's not managed. If they're looking for experienced guy, you know, the, the theory of some people is you need somebody who's been around, you know, and 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 just anticipate problems, everything else. And you know, and and these there are some guys with good track records out there, including Dusty Baker. I agree. I'm not, I was never the biggest fan of him, but I can't deny it that he had some some high level of achievement. Here's what I say with Veritek, and I covered the Red Sox when Veritek played a decent amount. Nobody, I mean, he he just commanded respect. Yep. There was no BS with with Jason Veritek ever. Uh, high character. Again, I don't know if he can manage, but I think I think most of managing in baseball isn't it dealing with the personalities. Like, oh, I, I feel like that's like baseball is the easiest sport in terms of, especially now with all the numbers and everything like that that you're given. But it's the easiest sport to manage, isn't it? In terms of decision making and and all of that, I, I feel like dealing with people and egos and and. Um, and roles, I guess roles, maybe. I mean, yeah. I don't know if roles is the right word there. But, yes, it probably uh-huh. is. It um, is, is. And I think Veritech would handle it straight on. Now, would he connect with the younger players? I, I don't know. That I don't know. I'm not around baseball enough anymore to know if the younger players in baseball <laughs> are like the younger players in basketball. And if that were the case, he might have some trouble connecting where you could see an Alex Cora, um, a uh, – you know, a Carlos Beltran, those guys can connect. They played, they can, I don't know. I, you know, I saw Francona a week ago in Tucson, 10 days ago. And one of my favorite people I've ever been around um, covering, he he was just class and and just got it. And I don't know how he is these days with, as he's gotten older, I probably should have asked him how much the, the players have changed in baseball over the last 10 years or so. Well, one of the things with whoever whoever it is, 
Um, he's really got to work hard to win over to make sure he gets the the young player, the, the core group, the the, the bets, the the Bogarts, the Devers, etc. Uh, on you know uh, on the side of him, Bogarts is already out there lamenting the loss of Joe, Joey Cora, yeah. uh, Alex Cora, no, and and saying how much he 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 benefited from him and 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 taught him this and convinced him of that and you know and I I don't know Betts Betts hasn't said anything publicly but Bogart has been outspoken about it um, and and uh, so it's going to be tr- tricky. Uh, now, I can't answer your question about Veritek, except to say I think he's got a lot of common sense and 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 uh, he's been able to observe and he's been around. It's not like he's Went home and sat home and didn't do it. He's he's there. He's around. He's on the payroll. He's in. Yep. They see him. They know. And and uh, and you're right. He does completely command respect. Uh, it'll be. But they, you know, it, it, what's interesting? I, I'm thinking today, this morning. I'm reading, you know, New York papers. I'm reading Boston. Um, Dusty Baker. Wouldn't that be something? That winds up just a bidding war for Dusty Baker between <laughs> between the Red Sox and the, and the Mets. You know, the Mets are looking need a, need a yeah. stabilizing. Voice. That's the word we're looking for. They're looking for a stabilizer. We need a stabilizer here now, and and, and they need a stabilizer. Uh, isn't Veritech a stabilizer? Oh like, God. isn't Jason Veritech the ultimate I stabilizer? So. I I think so. I um, mean, you know, I mean, uh, that's the first thing that came to mind. You asked me a question. The answer is yes. I had a candidate right away. Yeah. Veritech. Time go. So I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Well, listen. Uh, thanks for joining us. Another edition of the Ryan Goodman podcast. Uh, when we come back next week, we'll we'll, we'll talk some Bronny James, I guess. And, <laughs> and, and LeBron is a father. We've done this before, but I have a feeling I'm going to see it again. And uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty more to talk. Maybe we'll talk. We, we'll our all knucklehead team for sure. All right. Okay. And uh, I think we should have to come up with maybe our our all star teams. I don't know when they're named, but it's it's soon. Sure. So our all star team, our East uh, all star team, and uh, we'll we'll each come up with maybe uh, in the interim here our all-star teams for, for both, both conferences. Yeah. All right. And we'll see Very how good. they, how they mesh. All right. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate it. And uh, enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Same to you.